Hi, everyone. This is Corey Hyman, host of the Make It and Sell It podcast. This is a show about entrepreneurs who develop new products and then produce, sell, and distribute these products themselves. This field is wide open and can be a fantastic opportunity for anyone who has the passion, skills, and persistence to succeed. Why do people do it? How do they do it? What can we learn from their experiences? Stay tuned to find out if this career path may be right for you. Hi, Matt. How are you? Good. How are you, Corey? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining today. I have Matt Asen today on the podcast. He is a baker. He is a pastry chef. He is a restaurant professional extraordinaire. I had the pleasure of working with Matt, if only for a short time, uh, about a year ago. And we had the chance to catch up recently, talk about this new venture for cottage cupboards and our desire to network people who are uh, developing products from their homes. And I learned that Matt is also pursuing a home-based product right now. I was really happy that he agreed to be on this podcast, and uh, let's learn a little bit more. Matt, can you say a little bit about what you're working on? Uh, yes. So um, I really enjoy making uh, artisan breads, uh, specifically sourdough breads. Um, I just, I love that there's just so few ingredients, and the the, the main thing is just get to get everything right. Um, even making the yeast from scratch is just, it, it's a, it's a great thing. And, and how long have you been making bread? Um, well, so constantly, uh, well, since quarantine started, um, in mid of March. Um, but uh, I went to pastry school years ago. And when you were in pastry school, was uh, bread one of your passions? Clearly baking is, or you wouldn't have gone to baking school in the first place, but where did you start thinking about bread in particular? Uh, you know, I, I never really thought about bread when I was in school. I really just started thinking about bread when uh, when I was making everything at home. I was always so focused on cake because I I just I love cake so much and uh, and I, they're beautiful. And um, so I really tried to focus on that when I was in school, but it was just never something that I excelled at. I uh, you require too much of an artistic hand and a and a very dainty touch, and I don't have either. Is that for the cakes or for the bread? For the cakes, uh, for the cakes, yeah, that just it requires just such artistry, which I I do not have. I can barely draw a a, a stick person. <laughs> well, so you <laughs> live in Lancaster, um, but you were born in New Jersey. What's what's the name of your your hometown? Uh, Egg Harbor Township. It's about five minutes from Atlantic City. So, as a child from Egg Harbor, New Jersey, it sounds as though you came by your passion for baking honestly. Oh, it definitely, been, yes, it must have been in your blood. Uh, you know, now actually, uh, uh, pharmacy is in my blood. I, I come from a, a line of uh, pharmacists. <laughs> so, so when do you remember that you wanted to be a baker? Um, it was probably in high school. I, uh, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do growing up. I mean, I, I always have a, a love for animals. So I thought about doing something connected to that, but I, it, it never really panned out. And I just, after, after high school, I just said, you know what? I, I love food so much and I love desserts a lot more than anything else. Uh, let's do that. I actually come from a baking family myself. My great-grandfather really? uh, was a baker and he was a baker in Pennsylvania. So the generations have come full circle. And the story that my grandmother told is that my great-grandfather was a bit of a rabble rouser and he was actually in the baker's union and ended up spending, I think, more than a year in jail around the turn of the century because he was found to have had a gun in his store. 
And my grandmother recounted the story that she and her mother and uh, her sister and brothers uh, went to visit my great-grandfather in jail on a regular basis, and they would bring him food. And at one point, her mother had brought him a knife to cut whatever food she brought him. And that, of course, was found, and uh, there was all kinds of trouble because of it. But it was always uh, a badge of honor to have a baker in the family because I love cooking. I love baking myself. And over the years, as I've tried to bake myself and, and perfect my own recipes, I think back to my my family history. And that's that's a very special historical note for me to then also be working on some food products right now as well. Oh, yeah. I had no idea we shared that. That's crazy. <laughs> so you um, have worked on in, in restaurants as well for a long time. Can you say a bit more about that? Uh, yes. So um, I originally thought that I would always be uh, in the back uh, cooking, uh, just because that's that's uh, always been a passion of mine. But I, I just found that I, I couldn't shut up in the back. And I just I, I love talking to people more than anything else. So I found myself becoming a host and then becoming a server and going from that to being a serving manager. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, uh, there, there wasn't enough socialization in the back. So I just, I, I had to be out talking to people cause I just love that so much. And then quarantine happened and yes. all of our lives changed fundamentally, including the ability to, to talk to people on a regular basis. So you were at home and thought about the kinds of things you wanted to do and started thinking about breads. Yeah, I um, I, I really wanted to try to think of a way that you know when quarantine ended, I wouldn't be disappointed with the, all the free time that I wasted. So I thought to myself, I, I haven't really baked in years, so why don't I just try to reteach myself everything that I've forgotten from school? And so I just went over everything uh, step by step, and just found that when I got to breads, I just really enjoyed it more than anything else. Was it like riding a bicycle? You just picked it back up pretty quickly. Pretty much, yeah. If that bicycle involved gaining a bit of weight from all the baked goods that I ate, yes. <laughs> has the art of baking bread changed since you were in school? I, I know that there's been kind of a resurgence in the home bread baking industry and, and wild yeasts and the like. I don't know uh, if that was also part of the curriculum when you were in school. It was a very minor part of the curriculum. The biggest difference is just how much more information is online these days. It was so easy. I didn't really use my textbook from school. I just kind of retaught myself with, with online information. Well, I have to say, I haven't had the pleasure of trying your bread. I, I keep trying to figure out a, a way to, to access that opportunity. But in the meantime, I have seen all the amazing, beautiful photos online. And not only do you make many different kinds of sourdough bread, but they just look exquisite in their designs. It's, uh, they look beautiful, uh, wonderful crumbs and crusts and uh, colors and toppings. And so you obviously have reminded yourself or remembered how to do it, how to do it right. Oh, thank you. I, uh, yeah, I, um, I, I can't really do anything without making it really colorful. So uh, yeah, I hate food dye um, because it's just pure chemical crap. So I, uh, I really wanted to make a way to, make things colorful, but natural. So I, I try to use as many all natural dyes as possible, you know, the matcha powder for green, you know, charcoal for black, uh, red beet powder for red, stuff like that. And so you have been, you started baking during quarantine just as, as something to pass the time and, and something that was reminding you of your education in the past and a bit of a hobby. When did you start to think about it as something you could potentially do as a business? Uh, you know, it was something so minor, but um, I, uh, I have, a, as you know, um, I have a love for tie-dye. 
Um, so I, uh, I have a friend that makes her own tie dye shirts and she was looking at the pictures that I was posting and, um, and she just said to me, Hey, instead of, instead of paying me for the tie dye shirts, why don't we do an exchange and I'll give you three shirts. If you give me three loaves of bread. And I don't know why, but that, that moment just kind of hit me like, Oh wait, people will pay for this. Cause I was going to pay her 10, 15 bucks a shirt. And that was just kind of nuts that she would take my bread instead. So that, that's when it really hit me. So the old bartering trick, as we spend more time at home, uh, we're kind of going back to our very roots with that. Yeah, basically. Um, and I, I had no idea that, that the market would be in such that they'd be willing to pay kind of that much for it. Because, you know, you see a loaf of bread at the store, it's three or four dollars. But I mean, that's grocery store bread mass marketed. Um, I, the, the, the wanting for artisan bread that someone just take such a long time and, and a lot of care to make is, is really out there. That's neat. And so how did you start thinking about pricing your bread? Well, you know, I was trying to look uh, in the area around. There isn't too many places that sell artisan sourdough bread, um, but the, the majority of them sell for anywhere between 8 to $15, depending on uh, how uh, masterful the bread looks or how large it is. Um, so I try to go kind of in between there and just kind of get a feel for the area. And Matt, quarantine started around March. It's now August. So it's been about five months, mm-hmm. but it sounds as though you've, got, you've progressed quite a ways in thinking about not only making bread as a hobby, starting to think about how to monetize it a bit and to start to, to reach out to the community and, and even starting to get some sales. Where, where are you in your professional journey on this project? Well, um, I have done all the, you know, figuring out how much everything is per loaf, how much I'd like to sell things for, um, uh, definitely enough uh, market research as far as like, I've been giving out loaves like crazy to, to all, all of my friends and acquaintances to just try to get a, a real good sense of, of how everything is. Um, I took the serve safe uh, sanitation course. Uh, so I have my sanitation certifications. And, um, and I'm in talks with a bakery um, in my area that I would like to rent out part, uh, their kitchen part-time, which they've done with previous businesses in the past, um, to try to use their space. Um, I, I don't think that, you know, with the uncertainty of the COVID time, it would be smart for me to start my own kind of brick-and-mortar business. Um, I think it would just be a lot more smart and cautious to kind of wiggle my way into another previously established business. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, none of us has a crystal ball. None of us know where we're going to be in a year's time. But ideally, uh, where do you see this business in a year, in two years? You know, what are your some of your longer term goals? Um, ideally, in a year, um, I think it would be unrealistic to probably say I'd have my own place in a year. But uh, ideally, in a year, being able to uh, just support myself uh, on the bread sales that I have. I, I don't really expect to be making an insane profit, but just to be able to support myself, uh, you know, with, with my livings and all that, with just my bread making alone, um, as far as doing my own marketing and um, being in someone else's uh, kitchen, that would be, that would be fantastic. And, and so Matt, do you see this as kind of supplanting your day job? Is this what you would like to do full time going forward? I'd love to do this full time. Yeah. I mean, of course, maybe supplementing with once, uh, restaurant experiences become normal again. I'd love to start up at a restaurant again, but, um, just, just for a couple of days a week, just because I, I need to be talking to people to, 
be sane. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely that this would be a great thing to be doing as a day job. When you think about the costs associated with making bread, you said that the actual ingredients are the costs are relatively modest.、Um, it's flour, it's yeast, it's salt, and you know very few other things, some oil. But there is a huge time investment. Have you started to time yourself to see how long it takes to make a loaf? Have you started to think about some economies of scale and, to, and ways to bake bread that are a little bit more efficient? Have you thought about kind of the operations side of your business? Um, yeah, not too much as far as、uh, what my time's worth.、Um, I don't value my time as that that much right now. <laughs> so,、uh, but no, you're totally right. The ingredients are are, are really inexpensive. There's not even any oil. It's、uh, I, I use a, a simple water, flour, yeast, and salt. And of course, I make the yeast myself. And the only ingredients there are water and flour as well. So, really, the only ingredients are water, flour, and salt. Um, I actually started using a little bit of honey in mine too to just、oh, kind of、wow. make them puff a little bit more. Neat. And even though this isn't really a technical podcast and talking about the details of products, for those of you who are not aware, making your own yeast、um, means developing a culture over time and using some of the bacteria in the air and in the environment to evolve your own special yeast concoction. Is is that right? Uh, yes, that is right. That is why、um, every area that you go to,、uh, if you find someone with a, a starter, it will taste slightly different because of the errors that are collected there. I mean, that's why San Francisco sourdoughs are so famous for there because、uh, I guess I guess the air is nice and special over there. But、uh, but yeah, it's, it's making a starter just requires a lot of patience.、Um, it's not something you can do overnight.、Uh, it's not really even something you can do in a week. Um, it's just a simple method of just feeding this bacteria concoction, flour and water over multiple weeks until it grows into this fermentation that rises on its own, and、uh, and it's it's just it's nice because you can use any kind of flours、uh, to make it any certain any blends. I mean, you know, you can use half wheat, spelt flour, rye flour, bread, all purpose, and that's what makes every sourdough different. Is The percentages of how much different kinds of flowers you use in the area you, you、uh, grow it in. So, if you think about the things that will make your business special, or that do make your business special right now, one is just the fact that it is handmade, and that every loaf, every product is a bit different. Second is that the ingredients that you use, including the yeast that you produce, is proprietary and unique to you. Three, you have、uh, relationships with people in your community, and are able to market locally. For people to be able to to buy your product, are, are there other things that make you believe that you have a running start in in your business and that will make your bread a a profitable venture? Um, I so the things that I would have on my side, I um I, I have a real. Uh, kind of thought for marketing.、Um, I, I enjoy、uh, talking to people, of course, like I said, and、uh, so、um, I don't mind doing 100% of my own marketing.、Um, what I've been doing is、uh, just like like you saw, posting pictures of all the loaves that I make.、Uh, I try to do it daily on Facebook, just so people have in their minds that they associate me with with sourdough bread, so that when I can finally launch and sell, that it's just oh wow, that's that's Matt, that's the bread guy.、Um, But besides that, it's、uh, just a, a long, deep appreciation for all things bread, for sure.、Um, I have been somewhat of a foodie my whole life.、Uh, you know, one of those people that just watch Food Network obsessively and、uh, read up on all the trends and the, the food blogs and 
So just someone who's been kind of immersed in the culture for a while with, with an appreciation for it. Neat. And Matt, do you see that your market is really a local market? Do you see kind of a, a radius around your home, around the bakery where you will work, around Lancaster as your primary marketplace? Or do you see yourself branching out either to other geographical regions or even through e-commerce? Um, I would say that probably for the immediate future, Lancaster would be my main market. Um, there's not too many places in Lancaster. The, the, the market isn't too saturated with, with sourdough makers uh, in this area. So it's, it's pretty ripe for it. Um, it Long term, though, that would be fantastic. Uh, what I would more think of doing instead of shipping my bread's places is to uh, ship some of the, that yeast, the, the cultures, um, to people. Uh, and so they can make their own. Uh, there's a way that you can dry out your sourdough starter, and um, and it's extremely uh, easy to package and and send places. And it wouldn't be dangerous to mix that Lancaster air with uh, some air from San Francisco or elsewhere. That that wouldn't be a a chemical nightmare. No, not I'm at all. Not that. at all. No. If, all right. if anything, it would just make that one bit more unique. No, not at all. Just trying to bring a little bit of humor into the podcast. <laughs> so Matt, I know from knowing you for a long time, I think it's fair to say are fairly extroverted. And so I think that, that home, home projects, home businesses may lend themselves very well to people like me who are you know, off the charts introverts. But you even mentioned earlier that you know, it's important to you to be able to talk with people and to engage with people. How do you reconcile that with your home business? And do you perhaps see yourself even growing with additional team members, both to manage your growth, but also to have that kind of interaction? Uh, well, yeah, I already have a waiting list of friends who are very willing and, and wanting to help me once I get started uh, and, and need help with that. But I, I think um, I, I reconcile that with, you know, uh, having your own business uh, in like the baking kind of world is really a mixture of front of house and back of house. Those terms are, are restaurant terms, but uh, the, both of them, because you are baking the product, you are in the kitchen all day making things, but then you are also the one selling it. And uh, so it's really important to have both those skills, the skills to just, you know, pedal to the metal and work and be okay with that and, and love what you're doing. And then also be able to um, be the face of your own business. One of the things that I'm learning as I talk to more people is that there are such a broad diversity of skills that it takes to be a successful business person, both on the creative side and the marketing side, but also on the business side, that it may be very difficult to be able to blend those skills in a single person. Do you feel confident in your ability not only to produce the product and market it, but also to do your bookkeeping, to do your administration, to do all the licensing and follow-up and invoicing and all those things that are related to a business? Or how do you see yourself managing all aspects of this business going forward? Um, I would definitely say that the, the business side of it would be my weakest area. Um, I mean, I, I'm good with, uh, with money, um, and with budgeting and, and, uh, savings. I've always been good in that area, but, uh, as far as, you know, doing the, the proper paperwork for things and, and, uh, and all that's involved there, I would definitely be reaching out for help, which is uh, a part of why I think that, that your idea is a fantastic idea, because uh, I'm sure that part of that is going to be laying out exactly what you need to do to be handling your business correctly in the business area. And the idea being to develop kind of a network of folks who can help each other and support each other and, and learn 
from each other as they're developing and implementing their their businesses? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be a great social aspect because, you know, as for someone like me who is just not 100% sure um, of all the paperwork and the incorporations that I need to get and, and like the accounting stuff, maybe someone else knows that perfectly, but then just doesn't really know how to market their product or how to talk about their product or where to even start. And so that's where we could help each other. So that's a great idea. As you see yourself in engaging in that kind of a group, what are some of the questions you would initially have? You, you mentioned a few a minute ago, but you know what would be important to bring to that kind of a conversation to make it worthwhile for you to spend your time? Um, I would say, so I know that uh, I need to start an LLC. Um, I don't 100% know how to do that. So that's something I'm going to have to enlist the help of friends who know how to do that stuff with. Um, but then also just on how to you know, how to do your taxes when you're your own business owner. I don't know how to do that yet. Um, so that would, that would be something huge that would be very helpful if someone knew how to do that. <laughs> and one of the things we talked about too, is that once you start working with folks, even if you have different products, there could be some opportunities for economies of scale, meaning that you could go in together to be able to buy raw ingredients. Maybe there are opportunities yeah. to do co-branding or co-marketing. So um, I, I'm glad that the idea seems to make sense and hopefully we'll be able to get it together locally so that we can have those conversations. Even though your journey has been relatively short to this point, Matt, um, what have been some of the happy surprises as you have made more loaves and, and engaged with more people? I would say um, how much every single time I, I open the oven and and they come out just right, just how much that that really uh, makes me happy. And, um, and also just how much people appreciate it and how much people are willing to, uh, go out of their way to get it. I mean, I've had people, you know, driving already 20, 25 minutes just to grab a loaf of my bread. And, and I had no idea that that, that would be a willing market. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just the, the, the joy that a loaf of bread can bring people. It sounds really corny, but that's something that uh, I had no idea about. Obviously, there have been so many negative implications of this global pandemic. One of the things I've been hearing, though, is that it really has given small business owners an opportunity to be more visible than they had been previously or to engage with their communities in a deeper level. Is it your sense that after we are through this pandemic, whatever that means, that some of the relationships and selling you've been able to do and new ways of working that that will continue or will we go back to the old ways? Oh, I definitely think it can evolve. Um, no, I mean, I, I don't think that I could ever go back to to buying anything from the store again. I mean, grocery store loaves just sound so dull and boring anymore. Um, and also, I just, I, I have, uh, I, my family uh, relies on, on homemade bread now. And, uh, and it, like, it's just, it's such an easy and inexpensive joy to get. So, uh even if, if for some reason the business aspect of it didn't pan out, it would definitely be something that I would continue doing. And that would only really be because I had so much free time on my hands. Right. I am inspired by you and creating this from scratch. I admire your passion and really hope that we'll be able to continue the conversation as your business evolves and maybe have you back on the podcast to talk about the changes that have taken place over time. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. For people who are interested in learning more about your, your loaves and seeing the photos, perhaps trying a, a loaf, how should they get in touch with you? 
Um, as of right this second, um, the way that I'm doing that is just through uh, Facebook and Facebook Messenger. So if you just look me up, uh, it's Matthew Asin, A-S-I-N, and just send me a private message. And that is that is the way I'm doing it right now. Hopefully that will be changing in the next month or two, but uh, as of right now. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Matt. I uh, really appreciate your time. Best of luck. Thank you very much, Corey. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening today. This has been the Make It and Sell It podcast with Corey Hyman. Please subscribe, let us know what you think, and stay tuned for future episodes.